Chapter Twenty Five of the Home Life of Poe by Susan Archer Weiss. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. With old friends, it must be admitted that Poe, after his affair with Mrs. Osgood and the severe illness which followed, was never again what he had been. With health and spirits impaired, his intellect had, in a great measure, lost its brilliant creative power its inspirations as we may call it and thenceforth his writings were no longer the spontaneous and irrepressible impulse of genius but the product of mental effort and labor in special had his poetic talent in a measure deserted him as is evident in his latest poems with one or two exceptions recognizing this condition and with what a pang we may imagine he recalled Mrs. Shue's advice in regard to a second marriage, and, admitting its wisdom, began to look about for a suitable matrimonial partner. Finally, his choice fell upon Mrs. Sarah Helen Whitman, of Providence, Rhode Island, one of the poetesses of the time, and the most brilliant of them all. A consideration which doubtless chiefly influenced him in this choice was that Mrs. Whitman, being a lady of literary taste and independent means, would be likely to take an interest in the stylus, the hope of establishing which he had never abandoned, and would assist him in carrying out his plans in regard to it. Of Mrs. Whitman, at this time about forty-five years of age, I have the following account from a lady, Miss F. H. Kellogg, whose mother was an intimate friend and near neighbor of hers in providence she was considered very eccentric impulsive and regardless of conventionalities she dressed always in white and on the coldest winter evenings with snow on the ground would cross over to our house in thin slippers and with nothing on her head but a thin gauzy white scarf she probably thought this aesthetic and perhaps it was there was one thing which i must not omit to mention because it was a part of herself ether the scent accompanied her everywhere it was said she could not write except under its influence but of this i do not know as an illustration of her impulsive ways mrs kellogg says i was one evening when a little girl sitting on the front steps when she and her sister miss powers crossed over to our house they went into the parlor and i heard mrs whitman ask my sister to sing for her the mockingbird she appreciated my sister's beautiful singing but on this occasion while she was in the very midst of listen to the mockingbird suddenly a cloud of white rushed past me like a tornado and i heard mrs whitman's voice exclaiming excitedly i have it i have it of course we were all astonished and could not understand it at all until miss powers afterward explained it to us it seems that the beautiful music and singing had excited in her some poetic thought or idea and regardless or forgetful of conventionalities she had impulsively rushed home to put it in writing or perhaps in poetry before it should vanish away miss sarah jacobs one of griswold's female poets and a friend of mrs whitman describes her as small and dark with deep-set dreamy eyes that looked above and beyond but never at you quick bird-like motions and as being a believer in occult influences as poe himself professed to be 
for all the sweet poetic fragrance of her nature she took an interest in common things she was wise she was witty and no one could be long in her presence without becoming aware of the sweet and generous sympathy of her nature up to this time poe and mrs whitman had never met though mrs osgood says that the lady had written to him and sent him a valentine of which he had taken no notice this was against him in his present venture but he was not discouraged he set about his courtship in his usual manner by addressing to mrs whitman june ten some lines to helen commencing i saw thee once once only supposed to commemorate his first sight of her as passing her garden one july midnight he beheld her robed in white reclining on a bank of violets with her eyes raised heavenward no footstep stirred the hated world all slept save only thee and me o heaven o god how my heart beats in coupling those two words save only thee and me so he continues he gazed entranced until the hour being past midnight and a storm-cloud threatening the lady very properly arose and disappeared from his sight all but her eyes these remained and followed him home and had followed him ever since two sweetly scintillant venuses unextinguished by the sun all this must have been very gratifying to mrs whitman if she believed in it but remembering her neglected valentine she was in no haste to acknowledge the poetic offering and poe after waiting some weeks had his attention drawn in another direction he had written to his friend mr mackenzie concerning his matrimonial aspirations and he now received an answer suggesting that he come to richmond and try his fortune with an old-time schoolgirl sweetheart miss sarah elmira royster now a rich widow shelton who had several times of late inquired after him and sent her remembrances animated by this new hope he late in the summer of eighteen forty seven proceeded to richmond where he visited among his friends and called upon mrs shelton but especially paid attention to a pretty widow a mrs clark this lady when a resident of louisville kentucky many years after poe's death gave to the editor of a paper some reminiscences of him at this time the good lady was deeply interested that the world might think well of poe and grew warm on the subject of his wrongs she claimed that the poet was a virginian and like most virginians she is very proud of her state she wondered where gill had gotten the material for poe's vindication she had first met poe at the mackenzies when he was editor of the southern literary messenger and he afterward boarded at the same hotel as herself but she saw most of him on his visit to richmond previous to his last he was then at her house daily and sometimes two or three times a day he came there as he said to rest if there happened to be friends present he was often obliging enough to read and would sometimes read some of his own poems but he would never read the raven unless he felt in the mood for it when in richmond he generally stayed with the mackenzies at duncan lodge and would drive in with them at any time one day he came in with his sister and two of the mackenzies and stopped with me 
there were some other people present and he read the raven for us he shut out the daylight and read by an astral lamp on the table when he was through all of us that had any tact whatever spared our comments and let our thanks be brief for he was most impatient of both of poe's reading mrs clark spoke with enthusiasm it was altogether peculiar and indescribable she said i have heard the raven read by his friend john r thompson and others but it sounded so strange and affected compared with his own delivery poe had a wonderful voice rich mellow and sweet i cannot give you any idea of it edwin booth sometimes reminds me of him in his eyes and expression but poe's voice was peculiar to himself i have never heard anything like it he often read from shelley and other poets one day he pointed out to me in one of shelley's poems what he considered the truest characteristic of hopeless love that he knew of the desire of the moth for the star of the night for the morrow i enjoyed a good deal of his society during that visit in eighteen forty seven on his last visit i saw less of him he was then said to be engaged to a mrs shelton some said he was marrying her for her money there was a good deal of gossip at that time concerning poe his intemperate habits especially were exaggerated and made the most of by those who did not like him while his companions in dissipation escaped unnoticed when he was in company at a party for instance you might see a little of him in the earlier part of the evening but he would presently be off somewhere then his eccentricities i think that when a very young man he imitated byron mrs clark said she had seldom seen a good likeness of poe the best she had cut from an old magazine this engraving she said showing it reflects at once the fastidiousness and the virility characteristic of his temperament all the others have an expression pitiably weak his worst calumniators could hardly desire for him a harder fate than the continual reproduction of that feeble visage when he had money he was lavish and over-generous with it he was always refined you felt it in his very presence and as long as i knew him and as much as i was with him i never saw him in the least intoxicated i have seen him when he had had enough wine to make him talk with even more than his usual brilliancy indeed to talk in a large general company some little stimulant was necessary to him dr griswold says he was arrogant dogmatic and impatient of contradiction i have heard him engage in discussions frequently oftenest with diffidence always with consideration for others in a large company it was only when exhilarated with wine that he spoke out his views and ideas with any degree of self-assertion mrs clark said that his sister rosalie was rather pretty and resembled himself somewhat in appearance but was as different as possible in mental capacity she was amiable patient and sweet-tempered but as a companion wholly tiresome and monotonous she seemed to have had little or no individuality or force of character she thought a great deal of her brother but during the greater part of their lives they had seen nothing of each other 
the family of mr mackenzie treated her affectionately and kindly and until the breaking up of the household she remained with them and then went to baltimore with her relatives the poes i don't know what became of her afterwards mrs clark speaks of poe's reading and lectures during his first visit to richmond but these were mere small social entertainments at the houses of various acquaintances he really gave but one public lecture during this visit to richmond one evening at mrs mackenzie's she said to him edgar since people appear so eager to hear you repeat the raven why not give a public recital which might benefit you financially being further urged he finally yielded one hundred tickets were advertised at fifty cents each and the music hall of the fashionable exchange hotel engaged for the occasion on the appointed evening poe stepped upon the platform to face an audience of thirteen persons including the janitor and several to whom complimentary tickets had been presented of these was mrs shelton who occupied a seat directly in front of the platform poe was cool and self-possessed but his delivery mechanical and rather hurried and on concluding he bowed and abruptly retired one of the audience remarked upon the unlucky number of thirteen and mrs julia mayo cabell commented indignantly upon the indifference of the richmond people to their own great poet poe was undoubtedly in a degree mortified not at the indifference manifested but at the picture presented by the large and brilliantly lighted hall and himself addressing the group of thirteen which constituted the audience but his failure may be explained by the fact that in this month of august the elite and educated people of the city were mostly absent in the mountains and by the seashore and the weather being extremely sultry few were inclined to exchange the cool breezes of the city of the seven hills for a crowded and heated lecture-room even to hear the raven read by its author during this visit of poe to richmond i with my mother and sister was away from home in the mountains and we thus missed seeing him on our return shortly after his departure we heard various anecdotes concerning him one or two of which i subjoin as illustrative of his natural disposition one evening quite late an alarm of fire was raised and all the young men of duncan lodge accompanied by poe hastened to the scene of disaster about a mile further in the country finding a great crowd collected and that their services were not required they sat on a fence looking on and it was past midnight when they thought of returning home gay young dr tom mackenzie remarked that it would never do to return in their immaculate white linen suits as they would be sure to get a wigging from the old ladies for not having helped to put out the fire and besides they were all hungry and he knew how they could get a good supper with that he seized a piece of charred wood and commenced besmirching their white garments in their hands and faces including pose arriving at home in an apparently exhausted condition they were treated by mrs mackenzie herself who would not disturb her servants to the best that the pantry afforded nor was the trick discovered until the following day mrs mackenzie laughed but for mrs carter the mother of two of the culprits and who was gifted with eloquence they got the wigging which they had been anxious to avoid 
and from all accounts poe enjoyed it all immensely a lady told me that one evening going over to duncan lodge her attention was attracted by the sound of voices in the garden where she beheld all the young men in the broad central alley engaged in the classic game of leapfrog when it came to mr poe's turn she said he took a swift run and skimmed over their backs like a bird seeming hardly to touch the ground i never saw the like mr jones mrs mackenzie's son-in-law who was rather large and heavy came to grief in his performance and no one laughed more heartily than did poe was this the melancholy morbid weird and wholly incomprehensible being that the world has pictured the author of the raven among these youthful spirits and his old friends the depressing influences of his late life and home the poverty the friendlessness seemed to vanish and his real disposition asserted itself pity that it could not have been always so i am convinced that a great deal of poe's unhappiness and apparent reserve and solitariness was owing to his obscure home life which kept him apart from all genial social influences at the north wherever seen out of his business hours he appears to have been alone and solitary proud and melancholy-looking says one who had no idea of the loneliness of spirit the lack of genial companionship which made him so with a few he was on friendly terms but of intimate friends or associates he had not one so far as is known of the mackenzies so closely associated with poe during his lifetime i may be allowed to say that a more attractive family group i have rarely known beside those i have mentioned were the two youngest members mr dick and mattie or matt wayward generous warm-hearted matt indifferent to people's opinion and heedless of conventionalities she cared for nothing so much as her horse and dog and spent an hour each day in the stables while her aunt miss jane would exclaim in despair i don't know what to do with martha i cannot make a lady of her to which she would answer with a satisfied assurance that nature had never intended her to be a lady but about this time in october matt was married there are ladies living who have heard from their mothers at that time young girls accounts of this famous wedding the festivities were kept up for full two weeks with ever-changing house-parties and each evening music and dancing with unbounded hospitality miss jane mackenzie upon whom the family chiefly depended and whose fortune they expected to inherit was gone on a visit to her brother in london but she had given matt a liberal sum wherewith to celebrate her wedding sadly my thoughts pass from this gay time over the next ten years or so to the time of the war and the changes which it brought to this family and to us all End of chapter 25